0: Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy's Show and Tell. Show and Tell is the podcast where we bring on a cool guest to talk about something cool that they are working on. And today's cool guest is none other than Ryan Bolter. And the cool thing that we're going to be talking about is Chimera RPG. Welcome, Ryan.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Tom. This is uh, really great to be here.
0: Now, I'm glad we can have you on the show because you're... A, I feel like you're a, staple of, you're a staple of a catacomb, like podcasting, Twitter. I, I feel like I know you, but I don't know you, which is it's, it's one of those weird things. So I'm glad to have this conversation with you.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh, I feel like I'm all over the place uh, at any given moment. So uh, yeah, it's, it's really nice to get to meet uh, new people in the community and people that I've been interacting with on the interwebs. I know. Uh, and it, then randomly. Nice
0: randomly passing each other at conventions so yep. okay so but what, what i want to do before we really get rolling all right so first let's talk about yourself yeah before we talk about your cool game okay mm-hmm. all right because i've been here and we were kind of talking about this before uh we started recording i've been hearing about this game for such a long time mm-hmm. right? i've seen it at conventions and it's so but now you're you're nearing the home stretch okay we're getting there yeah we're get. you're getting there okay but so who is who's ryan all right. Uh, and <laughs> what do you do in RPGs?
1: Okay. So uh, I I am... Oh, boy. Goodness. What do I do in RPGs? <laughs> so much, right? No. So um, give, us,
0: give us the good... I want to know the good stuff. I want to know the good stuff.
1: All right. Yeah. I'm Ryan Bolter. Uh, I am a Midwestern uh, Demi boy that is uh, here to uh, provide joy in the TTRPG space. Um, I do character creation cast as one of the co-hosts, uh, where we create characters with guests across the industry and in across the fandom, uh, for different RPGs, and we learn RPGs through the lens of character creation.
0: I basically. use creation cast so often for actually like learning a new game. So, it's so good. So it's yes. it's such
1: a it's such a fun format. You you don't have to get all that that dirty game. Uh, all over the characters. And so it's, it's like your characters are nice and pristine and then we regret never being able to play them. Yep, so yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's right. So uh, we have character creation casts. Uh, what else?
1: Yep. Um, I am also an, an aspiring, uh, goodness, uh, audio drama producer creator. Uh, I am working on writing the first season of a, uh, podcast called side heroes, uh, which follows the life of one of my favorite RPG characters from the late nineties, early aughts, uh Mishra, uh, and her best friend Amy, told from uh, the perspective of Amy uh throughout their life, basically.
0: That's awesome. I love I I love audio drama so mm-hmm. much. It's something I've recently gotten into, so I have to ask you now. Uh do you have like what what's like your what's your go to recommendation for somebody? Like what is like in your, like your eyes or your ears, like mm-hmm. the greatest audio drama.
1: Uh, the Far Meridian.
0: So okay, I'm trying to think. The Far Meridian. <laughs> that is uh, I, I, I'm, so what? All right, so I'm like at this weird like I, I'm I'm melting down right now because yeah. there's the the one podcast I listen to or the is that the one the time is that the time travel
1: that's one? the uh the lighthouse one.
0: It's it's made by the same people though, isn't it? They're, what's by, their, what's uh, the Aars Paradoxica? Ars Paradoxica. That yes. one's also fantastic. Yeah. Yes, I'll, I, I love that one. So yeah. yeah, I always hear the ads for Far Meridian, so I'll definitely oh, Farmeridian is in. so
1: good. Um, it is the first audio drama and probably piece of media that had me bawling, uh, like in, like just like sobbing at the end of the first season. Um, I, I hadn't experienced that for like decades before yeah. that, but it just unlocked something within me and it's just such a fantastic experience.
0: That's just so, it's so cool when you get to like experience media like that, that just I yeah. love it. I love Absolutely. Audio, I, I love audio drama so much. So- They're so
1: good. Yeah. I, I do a lot of other things. I do sound design too. Uh, I've, I've been doing this sound design for a horror Borealis, uh, which okay, is a monster yeah. of the week, uh, podcast. Um, and, uh, been adding a lot of stuff. They've been going through Stephen King's it, uh, through the, with the back to dairy supplement by Christine Previs, uh, four monster of the week. And hey. we're about 13 episodes in right now. And I've been doing full sound design, soundscaping, uh, music, uh, all that sort of stuff for it. It's so, been wild.
0: So I have to ask you, so, so. Soundscaping and sound design is it's difficult and its in its in its own already, but then yeah. doing it for a something scary. Like yeah. I feel like that adds another level because there's so much with, with horror, it's so much about like
1: There's a lot like, of nuance.
0: E- evoking something within somebody's yeah. Like, what's so like do you have a, like a go to folly effect or like what's your like go to for like making something scary?
1: <sighs> um well there's there's times when you wanna make the audience cringe. And usually okay. that's going to be like a uh, like a bone crunching sound of sorts. That's usually the horrifying portion, um, or like a like a I don't know what, how to describe it like like digging into a bowl of mac and cheese or stirring oh, yeah, mac yeah. and yeah. cheese that sort mm-hmm. of sound.
0: Yeah, I don't like right?
1: that. That's that's a sound that puts audience on the on on edge, okay. right? Uh, and there's a lot of opportunities to do that in a horror podcast, uh, dealing with the the very troubling uh, stuff from Stephen King's. It.
0: so terrible. Okay. Uh, anyway, don't <laughs> listen to that, folks. But so now we have to ask you. So then, so now, our, where does RPG design fit into this? And how did you get then into like deciding I want to make a, a game?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because uh, even when I was like a, a young kid, I've always wanted to do game design, but I always thought I wanted to do uh, computer game design, right, uh, or video game design for the the consoles of the of the generation. Um, and I always had these like uh, theories and designs, and like, I could go through gameplay loops in my head, that sort of stuff. And I wrote a whole bunch of stuff down for different game designs, but. I never had the programming capability or the graphic capability or anything like that to produce something on my own. Um, So that was kind of always there. But then something sparked my interest in actually diving into game design. Um, Once I heard a few things from a few different podcasts, and then I was listening to Pandas Talking Games one time, and they had said something on one of their episodes that was just like, well, why can't I just modify these things and create my own thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it turned from taking the superpowers from Palladium's Heroes Unlimited and converting them to D&D, okay. and uh, realizing after 15 minutes of trying that, that that, that would be impossible. Uh, So I gave up on that and decided, well, if I want superpowers and fantasy to go together, why can't I just create my own game? and that's how that's how it all started.
0: Okay, so I'm going to jump around a little bit here because I want to before I'm even ask you about the elevator pitch for what Chimera is cuz you're talking about it a little bit right now.
1: I am. So I guess I'm alluding so, to it.
0: I know. So the inspiration then, so th- it started I'm going to say it started then with Ryan listening to an episode of Panda's of Panda Talking Games. Yeah.
1: All uh, right. yeah, Senda from there said something yeah. about genre blending that that just lit up a thing in my
0: brain. Okay, so then all right, so so genre blending, all right, yeah. it started a long time ago, you listened to a podcast deciding that this is something that you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So what is it that you wanted to do then? What is, what? give us the elevator pitch then for Chimera.
1: Okay, what it originally started as was, I want superpowered elves uh, in a fantasy world. Okay. <laughs> i i want I want to be able to be a cool fantasy race like from Dungeons and dragons and do cool comic booky superhero stuff in a, in a world that's not like you know metropolis uh and uh you know modern day convenience and all that sort of stuff right okay. so that's kind of what the the initial ask was for chimera but it's evolved into something a lot of it's, it's a bigger beast than I had originally intended, and I think it's going to be better for it. it it's evolved into a take two or more genre modules uh, to be determined for the rest of them, right? And uh, blend them together to create a world and then create characters that fit into that world.
0: You can create some cool characters then.
1: Oh, yeah, because you don't just pick a playbook. You pick two And you blend those together to create your playbook.
0: OK, so there I, there's a lot I want to talk about as far as these playbooks go. Yeah. All right, so, But before we even talk about that then, let's talk about what is the experience of Chimera. So can you give us like the, that's the elevator pitch, but yep. let's say that we sit down at the table and we're going to play it. What does that look like as far as, is it you handing us some, some playbooks and we mm-hmm. creating something? But so can you walk us through then, what is a typical play session of this look like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if you're starting off, you're going to want to start with the session zero, right? you're creating the world and creating your characters and to do that you pick which genres you want to include in your world and once you lock in the tropes you're going to select multiple tropes between the genres you can have any combination between uh all the genres that you're including um and we we generally recommend you know between six and eight tropes because that that's a good media amount of tropes to start with um and you use those tropes to answer questions. We We start like on a zoomed out uh, scape of the world, right? So however big your world wants to be, the galaxy or, you know, a city or whatever, right? Um, you start by saying, what's the shape of this world? And then you start zooming in, you what's the technology? You zoom in, what's what's the transportation like? What's the people like? What's the civilizations like? Once you have all of that, all these layers of questions answered, you get to figure out what sort of characters you want to have populating that. Um, on the Character Creation Cast series that we just uh, finished, uh, that just released the last episode uh, today, uh, the day that we're recording, okay. <laughs> um, we created a world that was shaped like a D12, and all of the pents on the surface, each each pentagon... Uh, we called them pents, uh, was its own, like, Star Wars-level biome. So, like, there was a metropolis pent, there was a uh, an ocean pent, there was a farming pent, all that sort of stuff. And the whole pentagon there was that one thing, right? So there's 12 different pents that all made up this world. And the borders between them were these weird gravity-shifting lines that you could do some weird edge walking a lawn and this all came off before character creation was even a thing right
0: i yeah i love i love like experiences like that at the table like where you get to create i feel like i've been i feel like the last few people that i've talked to every a lot of people are making games like this where Mm it's it's this shared uh creative experience and i love that so much like games that do that really just scratch an itch for me yeah I, i love it so much
1: It's, uh, I I always say world building collaborative world building is like the, the golden, uh, standard to allow players to be drawn in to a game and care about everything Yeah. because if, if you're a player and you're like, I helped create this world that we're playing with. So I care so much about all these little things, all these little details that I put into the world. It's fantastic. Plus, you're telling the GM, this is all the stuff I care about because I helped create it during world building.
0: So do you have like other games that like you would say have inspired you for this sort of creative process? Like for me, when I think of it, I always just go to microscope because it was I think it was the first oh, yeah. like creative world building game that I really got to play and mm. I just latched onto it. So, but for you, like do you have any other favorite like Creative world building games other than Chimera, yeah, you, you like
1: the the biggest inspiration for Chimera is actually Descent into Midnight, uh, which is, is another staple of Catacomb <laughs> and other various conventions out there.
0: I love that game,
1: it is so good. Um, it, it's interesting because, uh, in Descent into Midnight, you create your characters first and then build the world from that, whereas the process is reversed in Chimera yeah, and uh, descent into midnight was the first PBTA game I ever played um, after running chimera for the first time and not knowing what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I, I actually started off designing Chimera before I even played a PBTA game, um, which uh, I don't recommend. Okay? Uh, <laughs> because I got it I got it all wrong on that first alpha but uh you know the the bones of the genre blending were there and they were super fun and the second time I played the alpha version the second day of a catacomb 2017 uh I threw out all the rules and just went with the story yeah and it was a, a much better game because of that and from there it it just built up over the years to to something phenomenal like it is right now
0: that's funny. Like, I, it, so it sounds like you you had an experience in mind. Like, this was something that you wanted to do at the table, and mm-hmm. so that's that's you, you started without anything almost. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, uh, it, I I always say that Chimera is my love letter to character creation. It has everything that I would want in a character creation session zero, where you're building a world together, you're building your characters together. Uh, you're building cross relationships with one another together. All that sort of fun stuff is happening, um, and then by the time you actually start the game, you've got all of this like wonderful personal stuff to pull on.
0: So, but then why? Why powered by the apocalypse? Then why did you? Why did you think like you, the design process that oh, I think this is the system that I really want to use?
1: Yeah, it's interesting because I think I was I was listening to Protean City at that time and um a a few other uh podcasts out there and pbta was kind of this interesting story-driven narrative that i hadn't really experienced before and I, i i came from the 90s uh mentality of role playing of like you know the the gm is the antagonist and the player characters are the protagonists it's the worst. It is. It's so um, bad. <laughs> it's it's such a bad like mentality. Um, but powered by the apocalypse is a lot of that collaborative story building, uh collaborative like uh world building where players have agency over kind of a lot of things that happen in the world, um and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, well, maybe I can adapt PBTA to what I need because It sounds like these playbooks are kind of what i'm looking for in terms of what i want for the characters and i've always wanted to to have this where you click pick two playbooks and blend them together whereas you, you your primary playbook that you select has most of your story and your secondary adds flavor to that um that's kind of been there since the alpha version um the structure of the playbooks has dramatically changed since then for sure yeah. Uh, it, it used to be a game of what can your character do and how can your character do it. And it's turned into what story is your character telling? And when you have two playbooks and every one playbook has a story, you blend those together. Now you've got a totally unique story that you might be the only person in the world is telling because you have a very specific combination of playbooks.
0: So is each playbook then associated with a particular genre?
1: Yep. Uh, so there is three genres right now in Chimera. Uh, there's fantasy and superheroes, of course. Uh, but we also have magical girls and then, uh, each genre right now for the current version that's out there has six different archetypes, uh, different playbooks. Um, and so that's 18 playbooks right there to choose from if you included all three genres. Um, we are planning 30 in total for um, all three of these genres. And you can you can already see the permutations of selection is,
0: Wait, 30
1: for each genre? Oh, gosh, no. 30 across them all. 10 for each genre. Okay, okay. I was like, No, whoa. no, no. Oh, <laughs>
0: okay, all right. 10 <laughs> for each genre. Okay, that, 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 that's, that's... That's
1: more reasonable.
0: That's still a lot, though.
1: It's still a lot. Yeah. But it, it's interesting because, I mean, you could go and look at all the moves for all of the archetypes and look at all the abilities and, and try to pick based on that if you really wanted to. But with Chimera, we're trying to tell the story first. Yeah. So we say, which ones sound intriguing to you? Here's like a, a sentence or two of what each of these archetypes is about. You pick based on that and everything will line up. Yeah. Which one of these two archetypes do you want to be the stronger uh, story for your character? Make that your primary. It doesn't matter that your primary gives you an extra move or two off the bat or an extra backstory question or anything like that. Uh, because in the grand scheme of things, you're trying to tell a story with this character and that's going to be the, the bigger portion of your story.
0: So one of the things you, so with Chimera, first you're creating the world, right? And Mm -hmm. then we're creating our characters. Yes. So I guess that the thing for me then is, so your characters are, mashups of genre yeah is your is the world then also are you trying to mash different genres together there okay oh yeah it's
1: it's it's a beautiful thing uh, to behold that's i uh, i have never seen an experience like it
0: i i I, and i also can't think of like that you would ever experience the same experience twice Mm -mm. i can't imagine playtesting this what has this been like playtesting
1: okay so funny thing Right, you you said I can't imagine it happening twice, right? Yeah. At the same convention, um, two different games, no players were the same. Okay. And I had zero input into these worlds. Both groups picked alternate history slash future Chicago for the world. And, I dig it. And the second game could have been a precursor to the first game story. If you line them up, I don't know how that happened, but it blew my mind because I'm like, they're both wildly different stories that these groups told. Yeah. But like, logically, one could have been 200 years prior to the other.
0: I guess it could happen.
1: Yeah, it's, it's weird. But then you've got these D12 worlds. You've got like worlds where... The world is an ocean world, but is, like, a floating above it are all these floating archipelagoes uh, that are just, like, all these islands floating in the sky with 60 moons in the sky.
0: So what kind of, are is, are you providing questions in the yeah. game to kind of facilitate? What are some of the questions, then, that you would, that would be included in the game, like? I, I, this is the kind of stuff that I, I, I like to know the, I like mm-hmm. to know these things, they're, they're, they're so, they're so fun. Yeah. It's just like,
1: So yeah, you, you get tropes, right? Uh, so the, uh, I'll give you a few tropes okay, to yeah. throw out there. So fantasy world tropes, monsters roam the world is a fun one, right? Uh, because that evokes like, well, what, what is civilization like if there's these monsters roaming, uh, in, in the wilderness, right? And what type of monsters that's that's. All up to interpretation. Legacy and myth are very important. Um, The world is shaped by a calamity. Those are just three of the ten different tropes that we have for fantasy. Okay. Uh, Magical girls. Yes, hit Uh, me with it. One main villain with unlimited themed henchmen. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Um, We've got uh, some enemies tend to masquerade as normal people in the mundane world. Uh, the villains fight amongst themselves as much of this as they do against the heroes. Those are three tropes from magic girls and superheroes. You've got uh, villains have secret layers. Um, superpowers are rare in this world. Um, Superpower or superheroes are pillars of their communities. So you've got all these different tropes that are from like a world building level to like a how your characters will present themselves in this world right yeah and you mix those all together and you figure out what that means right
0: that could definitely like what what does that look like do you have like a when you're playing uh chimera like for me i'm somebody who could get like lost like the weeds so like is there like a do you have like a this, like the world building takes 30 minutes and the character mm-hmm. creation takes 30 minutes and then the game takes, it's like, do you have an idea for that or is it all up to the people playing the game?
1: It, it's very up to the people playing and, and up to the GM to rein it in if possible. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I've had good success with four hour blocks at conventions where the first two hours are character creation world building and then a five to 10 minute break so I can collect my thoughts on what to do for this completely new world and new characters that I could not plan for beforehand. Like there's no chance I could have plotted an adventure for this group in this world unless it was like super generic to the genres, right? And then just kind of fix things here and there to to kind of fit everything into the world. Um so I take 5 to 10 minutes to figure out an adventure for them and then run it in 2 hours. I, I, I want to ask you this now. This
0: is a completely different, random question. So mm-hmm. as you've been talking about this, I've been thinking. So I've been playing. We're gonna put it in quotations. Like uh, the I've been playing RPGs with my daughters. all yeah. right, Who are who are six and four? Okay. Mm-hmm. And we have we have an awesome time. All right. It's really just us playing pretend. Okay. Yeah. And they they love. The world building aspect. We spent so much time talking about which different shops are in this village. Like yeah. that's what we. So I wonder. It's like, how have you had an ch- opportunity to play this with kids at all, or anybody like that? Like, because I, I, I'm just, I, I'm just thinking about how great this would be. Yeah,
1: I, I think the the youngest that I've had was age six, I believe, uh, play it once, um, and so a, a lot of the uh, the reading and stuff like that um was uh helped by their parents. Mm-hmm. Um and it it went over pretty well. Uh the the world building that the kids added on uh was pretty fantastic. Um I don't know how young yeah you could you could go with this because I mean there's a decent amount of reading involved. Uh the character sheets are not you know, small by any stretch yeah. of the means, right? Because you're you're literally blending two full playbooks together to create your characters. Um, but I, I can I can see maybe a comfortable like eight to twelve range for starting.
0: Yeah, I'm just thinking about like just having the whole idea of like the tropes and the different stuff for yeah. me, myself as the game master facilitating just, it just for Just world them. building, like yeah. if
1: you if you use Chimera to build a world and then just facilitate like a very loose rules Mm -hmm. sort of game surrounding that. And don't worry about the character creation part of Chimera. You can build a world that is very robust with Chimera. Uh, I think that would work over really well.
0: I, yeah, I think they would dig that too. And since we're mm-hmm. talking, since we're, I'm, I'm going to go off on another rabbit hole because I also think that you are like you are somebody who I consider and most people consider like a magical girl expert. Oh right? yeah. So uh, I have to ask you because they have recently also gotten into magical girls. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's they just like the transformations. They they yeah. they love them so much. So, but then they've also gotten into Power Rangers. Is Power Rangers a magical girl show?
1: I would say yes. Uh, it's. uh you know, it's it's a different flavor. It's a lot of the same tropes, right? It's a coming of age story uh, surrounded yeah. by magical transformations against uh, an uh, an enemy that's just pure evil, effectively, right? Things, a lot of things are black and white, and yeah. you're juggling the mundane with the with the magical, effectively, right? Um, I would I would easily argue that Power Rangers is Magical Girls nice uh, i i because i'm thinking about
0: like the how you could do that in chimera like yeah it's it's, it's it'd be so sweet so i have to ask it you then be. so talking about different like uh different like pop culture do you have like then a like what would you consider in pop culture for somebody like this is a genre blend is there a genre blend a movie a comic book something you would say this is blending genres together
1: Shira, without hesitation okay, and, and what's the, the genre then okay uh you've got fantasy um sci-fi and magical girls
0: okay that's all of them (laughs) yeah so then what what is like sitting down at the table then what is how can a gm then help facilitate what, what makes a good blending of genres is there is there a correct answer for like what makes a good blending of genres
1: um pretty much anything yeah, right? I, I, it's, fun? it's very open. Yeah, it's it's totally part of the fun is figuring out how the genres blend. Right. We've got plans for like cyberpunk. We've got plans for a full mystery genre. We've got plans for uh, like even a Western genre. Um, and you can you could mix any any sorts of combinations of genres as long as you kind of follow the same formula that we have uh, for the genres that we created already it should blend and it it's up to you whether you're going to pick like more tropes from one genre versus another. And then once you have those, that, that trope list of what your world turns into, you know how to build your world around that. And, and it can be anything.
0: Yeah. Cause I, well, that kind of answers my next question. Cause I was going to ask you, then you talked about the, the, the three genres that you have but i was gonna ask you about plans for more genres because i feel like that's half the fun in making this game it has to be coming up with new genres to throw in there oh yeah
1: um and it's it's hard because a full genre with playbooks is not an easy thing to just design yeah because right now on average every playbook has um you know six abilities uh, it's got a few backstory questions that you need to fill out, a couple of relationship questions, um, uh, some special moves, uh, and, and like probably four to six moves you can select, right? It's, it's a task to make all of that. But once it's made, and if you're good at making moves, it should be pretty easy to create your own archetypes, uh, and then once you have your own archetypes, it's pretty easy to blend those with the existing archetypes, um, which which is just super fun.
0: So I was going to ask you then, uh, what is designing a game like this? Is there something that's been like, what's the most difficult piece of it for you?
1: Um, knowing when to stop. Okay. I mean, you, you've been making it since 2017. So. It's true. Um, we're almost there. Uh, we we know what our end game looks like for this these first three genres. Okay. Um, and we're also going to be including uh, what we call micro genres in there, which are genres that don't include the playbooks. Um, okay. Now, now, here's a concept that we love. Uh, you can have a campaign of Chimera going and then for a session or two, slot in a micro genre, to have your horror episode, or your musical episode, <laughs> uh, or if there's a mystery afoot, you can throw in the mystery rule set, and follow the mystery to its end with that mystery micro genre.
0: I love that, like because I like RPG campaigns that are very episodic. Yeah, in the sense that. Uh, they, there's, like, very distinct, like, arcs and stopping points for these sessions. And so this definitely feels like something that would help facilitate a sort of episodic style campaign.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it works really well. And the, the micro genres and to an extent the genres as well, the, the major genres that we have, um, you can take the rule set that these genres give and because of the structure that we use for chimera in utilizing like a narrative stat approach system um you can take these ge- microgenres and hook them onto other pbta games so you oh. could be playing a masks game and we're like well we're doing a mystery i'm going to take the chimera mystery microgenre module and insert that into my masks game and utilize those additional rules for this mystery
0: Oh, that's super cool. I mean, we all know there are so many uh, Powered by the Apocalypse games. There are so many. So, so many. So, I mean, I'm just thinking about, like, I'm so excited to play the Root RPG, uh, another one mm-hmm. from Magpie, and just throwing in my my different Chimera micro-genres into that.
1: Yeah, it, it would be super interesting to, to be like, well, this isn't a horror game that we're playing, but you know what? Halloween's coming up. Let's do a fun horror session just, just for fun.
0: Just to mix and it then,
1: up just to mix it up you throw in the horror micro genre module and now you have rules in in whatever pbta style game uh now we can't say it'll work with all of them yeah for sure uh without some sort of fiddling but uh you know i i'm really excited at the prospects of of what can happen uh with these things okay so
0: started back in 2017 okay yeah all right now it's 2021 Mm-hmm. I, I'm well. I'm, I'm dating podcasts now. This is terrible. All right. So, um, <laughs> so um, the uh, so so what's what's in, what's next then? So you've got oh. your play your play test is out, and people can go get that right now to check the game out. But yep. what is your what's your next what's your next goal here?
1: Uh, so the next goal is to build up the version to kind of a more complete version. First of all, um, with. 12 more playbooks. Right now there's only 18 available. So we've got 12 more to finish up. A few of them are mostly done. Um, I'd say the extra four Magical Girls are almost fully set um, because we had the the least amount of work in reworking those. And we are hoping to get enough sales through this uh, playset that we have, uh, which is a, a fully playable game as is right now that works. And we've been having a ton of fun with it Yeah. Um, in order to get uh, more art uh, to, to hire some sensitivity consultants uh, for all, all the stuff that we're putting into this game, uh, just to make sure that we aren't missing something right. Um, and then we hope to get a head start on writing. The game itself, um, or the the core rulebook itself, uh, before we can actually go to a Kickstarter.
0: It's interesting that you say that, like this sort of method of trying to raise sales uh, ahead of mm-hmm. time, because you're not the first person that I've talked to who's doing that. I mean, just recently I talked to Calum, who's mm-hmm. his, um, doing the Paris Gondo, the life saving magic of inventory. It's something very similar. Yes. to What he's doing right now is he's he's taking uh, he's he's got it fully fleshed. It's a full it's a it's a game. Like it is a this is a yeah. real game, and he's basically has a very simple document and is helping raise. Funds, and so then mm-hmm. it's going to be going to the next step real slow and steady so I guess my question then is for you what made you decide to do it this way instead of just like uh, we're gonna go to straight to kickstarter
1: uh we were back and forth on it a lot okay. right but uh the the big thing is is the more people that have a chance to play it um the more chance we have for feedback right yeah and the the one thing that we wanted to do is is have an avenue for people to play it beforehand and let us know what works and what doesn't. So when we have the final book in our hands, the the physical hardbound copy, hopefully with like you know, wonderfully uh, detailed art on the inside and all that fun stuff, um, that it's as good as it can be. Yeah, right. We don't want to put out a product that we say, we could have done better, right? Mm-hmm. But we just couldn't we couldn't play 30 different playbooks. We couldn't play test them all within a span of like two years, say, right? But you know, it's 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 a huge game. And having more people have looks at it and everything just lets us know, yeah, the, these combinations are super broken. Uh, maybe we should look into fixing that
0: those are the fun ones uh the no, no i i'm just like just thinking about all the different genre combinations yeah. it's just it's just i'm just mind-boggling as probably like, <laughs> it is not something it is i do not look I, I am so happy that you enjoy designing rpgs mm-hmm. and playtesting them I enjoy playing RPGs. I have zero desire to do that just because I, I do. I see how much work it is.
1: It is a lot of work. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly wouldn't be able to do it without my design partner, uh, Amar Amaras. Uh, they are uh, just a joy to work with. And, like, there's so many times that you, either one of us will get stuck on something and we'll say, all right, we, we need to have a meeting. We'll, we'll talk for a little bit and just plow through all the different difficulties that we have and like I'll start an idea and Amr will be like okay well this is how we can finish it and vice versa uh it it works out so well
0: so how did the two of you get connected then
1: it's funny because it was through character creation cast okay um so I was doing that for a little while and also doing chimera on the side and in the character creation cast discord we had a, a channel in there where I would just spout out, here's what I'm thinking about Chimera. Here's a new move that I'm working on. Here's these playbooks that I'm working on. What do you guys think? What, what's what's something that I can do here? Oh, I'm really stuck on this. Does anyone have any ideas? Uh, kind of crowdsourcing that, that thought process. Um, and I got to a point where I'm like, I don't know how to codify GMing a PBTA game. I just kind of do it off of instinct. I don't know how to put that into words. Uh, I need some help. And I, I sent, sent out a call for help effectively on the discord and said, Hey, does anybody know anybody interested in helping out? And, and Amr said, why I would love to. And, and that, that's how it all started.
0: That's, that's awesome yeah it's it's good to have somebody to help you.
1: <laughs> it is so good doing doing game design by yourself. I don't know how people can do it. Uh,
0: just, I'd just be
1: so lonely. It would be like, I mean, I've done it before with a couple games, and I'm like, this sounds fine, and I have no idea. yeah, right.
0: That's yeah, definitely. It's yeah, it's, you don't want to feel like you're not in your box by yourself. Just exactly. Sl- just at the table, writing mm-hmm. stuff down. So no, yeah, that's super cool. Um,
1: but it's really interesting because, uh, since Amr came on, uh, they've been doing a lot of math for a lot of different math threads on their Twitter account. Yes. And one thread in particular, uh, really stuck out to me as, uh, Stepping dice up and down from like a D4 to a D6, D6 to a D8 is effectively like when you go one step up, that's almost equivalent on average to a plus one. And stepping dice down is almost equivalent to a minus one, like in a PBTA sort of environment. Hmm. So if you step uh, a dice up three times, that's like a plus three, right? So I said can we do that for a Chimera instead of minus two to plus three for a range for your uh, abilities? And so we did.
0: So we so, have to use other dice other yes, than D6s. It's not 2D6. So... It's a PBTA
1: game without just but 2D6.
0: Is it a PBTA game anymore? It absolutely <laughs> is. It
1: still has the same uh, range. It still has six minuses, a uh, miss. Seven to nine is a partial success. Ten plus is a full success. Um, there's also uh some moves we've implemented 13 pluses on that you can only get with dice above 2d6 okay um and goodness gracious it's it's fun because not only are you rolling these different dice together the dice themselves feel like a chimera
0: okay i can see that
1: yeah so it's so from everything from the dice to the playbooks to the the world building to the genres it's all it's it's chimera's all the way down
0: that's fantastic yeah so yeah i just yeah when when you have a pbta game that just doesn't feel just like kind of a a reskin pvta yeah. game so that's super cool uh it'll feel really like a chimera game if you can actually like incorporate some weird dice like some l5r dice or some star wars <laughs> some fantasy flight <laughs> dice just some some strange stuff just D3. throw some
1: advantages and disadvantages out there <laughs> yeah. and... oh my so,
0: here stick your hand in this hat for a bunch of dice no, oh <laughs> no that
1: that's... that that sounds like a nightmare to design for
0: <laughs> so as we start to wrap up then uh so you've kind of talked about what your plan is next. So let's talk about where can people find Chimera now? Where is it? Where is it? Is it on itch? Is it is it yep. on your, do you have a website for it? Where, yeah. where can people go?
1: So you could go to play.chimera.games and that will take you right to our itch page. And uh, it'll have the latest updates on there. If you get a copy right now, You can actually get all of the future updates up to the release of the game through Kickstarter. Um, We're going to try to figure out how to give people that have copies now discounts on a full version PDF. We also have community copies. Mm -hmm. Every $15 that this game makes, we throw another community copy on the pile. And people can come by, no questions asked, and grab a copy for themselves. Um, if they do have the means to purchase it and would like to return a community copy and uh, purchase a full version to help support us, we've got a special uh, reward that you can click on to uh, just give us 15 or more uh, to add another community copy to the pile. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really great having the three genres. You get three genres, uh, magical girls, superheroes, and fantasy. Uh, Each of those genres have currently six playbooks, and uh, the next version is gonna have 12 more, so 10 playbooks per genre. You get uh, the world building rules, you get access to the uh, Excel uh, spreadsheet that you can use for online games uh, to automatically create your characters. There's some fancy scripting in there that will build your characters for you, or not not your characters, your character sheets. Okay. It'll build your character sheets for you. And you also get the printable versions that allow you to print out your character sheets and actually create your own playbook, uh, with the two sheets where you are inserting the secondary character into the primary character archetype, and then you can staple them together and have a little booklet with notes in the middle.
0: Uh, so then I have to ask you then. So one final question, I know we're like moving into plugs and whatnot. All right. So what is your favorite playbook? Do you have one?
1: Oh, okay. My favorite is coming in version uh, 0.8. Right now, we're on uh, 0.75. My favorite is a Magical Girl playbook. Oh, gosh. Okay, I've got two. I've got two favorites. (laughs) My favorite is the Destroyer. Okay. This is a... uh, If anybody's familiar with uh, Sailor Moon, this is the Sailor Saturn type. This is a Magical Girl that has awakened within them, um, the power to destroy the universe if they unleash it. But they know that they're a weapon. They know where they were given these abilities to be a weapon, but they don't have any target to be thrown at. And now they're trying to struggle with that. My other favorite and probably my favorite favorite right now is the mask from the magical girl genre. Yes. This is the tuxedo mask. We have moves in there uh, that help facilitate your character doing nothing in <laughs> encounters. To, like uh, throw a flower,
0: maybe? Yeah,
1: you you can throw your, your symbolic item into the scene, and then there's a, there's a move called My Work Here is Done, where you can leave in the middle of an encounter, and it, it provides extra stuff to the team
0: that's awesome i don't get to i don't get to play i am one of the i'm like a forever gm and i'm okay with that. i i love running games but when mm. i do get to it's so funny when i do get to play games i do stuff like that that's just so meaningless yep doesn't do anything but i'm like this just made me feel so satisfied that i just got to do this so i i, I like that yeah so much
1: um one of the recent updates to the mask was we gave them a, a default ability of incredible off-screen movement <laughs> so when you're entering the scene you could be up on a lamppost or like you know get from point a to point b with like incredible speed with with no logical reasoning behind it
0: uh, That just that just makes me so happy that's like in that's like a hundred percent my wheelhouse right yeah. there It's such a fun playbook. It's such so, that's so cool. So as we wrap up, so uh, Orion, where can people find you on Twitter if they want to follow you?
1: Yeah. If you want to follow me, you can go to, uh, at Lord Neptune. Um, and goodness, all of my projects are in my twin, uh, pin tweet. So you can just go to my pin tweet and see all the fun stuff I'm working on, including links to Chimera, uh, links to my audio genre. uh, Audio drama, podcast that's in the works, all that sort of fun stuff.
0: And we will definitely include all of that stuff in the show notes so people can go and find it. So as we wrap up then, is there one last thing, anything else that you want to tell people about Chimera as we're as we're closing things out?
1: Gosh, if you love collaborative world building or the idea of collaborative world building, Chimera is going to be the game for you because it unlocks your imagination more than any PBTA game I have seen, or probably almost any RPG I've seen before uh, for world building and character creation Um, just because of the amount of unexpected things you can combine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it sounds awesome. So Mm -hmm. I'm, sounds sounds I, great
1: I, I am so excited for this game to be in people's hands
0: uh, yeah i yes just I can, i can imagine just something that you've been working on for mm-hmm. such a long time just to see out there in the world
1: yeah and i will never stop running it at a catacomb
0: oh, it's gonna be i'll definitely need to make sure that i can get into a game then absolutely so that'd be awesome mm-hmm. so uh and as as we wrap up you all know that you can follow me at Beskar tom on twitter yes that's mandalorian metal tom on twitter and uh don't forget uh, definitely go check out chimera rpg and then as always folks if you're having fun you're doing it right and we'll see you next time
2: thanks for listening to the rpg academy podcast